What's up, Competitor Nation? We are back with Coach Drew Maddox talking about competition, culture, and the power of an encouraging word. What a fun interview. Get in, get ready, and let's get going. Welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast, Competitor Nation. This is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and what a treat you have today is I get to welcome Coach Drew Maddox. Drew is the head basketball coach at Christ Presbyterian Academy in Nashville, and he is one of the most winningest head basketball coaches in Tennessee state history. The guy wins a lot, but because he wins a lot, Everybody assumes it's all about X's and O's, but if you get a chance to listen to Coach Maddox, he's all about the U and I's, the people. He he doesn't care as much about the X's and O's because he knows if he invests in the people, he helps build up the people and help them bring their best every day. The W's and L's will take care of themselves. And man, I left today's conversation just energized, encouraged. And you'll see what I mean here in just a second because talking to Coach Maddox is just an uplifting experience because the man is on a mission to change people's lives, change their outlooks, and man, we talk about it all as well as the power of an encouraging word. And I want to talk about that for a second because we laughed at the beginning about me being the chief encouragement officer. The word encourage, if if you've never heard, is actually broken down to the definition of to inspire courage to inspire courage in someone else. Our words, we we grew up hearing the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And we all learned very quickly that that was not the case. Words have a powerful, powerful ability to break us. You know, words from an ex-lover can pierce our hearts. Words from bullies can lead people to depression or, or even worse, to eventually a point where they want to take their own life. Words have power to break down and destroy people. But in that same tone, words have the power to change people's lives. They have words have the power to uplift souls, to encourage people, to help them change their trajectory. It's interesting as Coach Drew and I talk about what happens when you start treating people and calling people out as who they should be in terms of their potential. You take kids, as, as Coach talked about, And kids that weren't champions, guys and and girls that weren't used to winning games, and you start treating them as if they're champions. You start talking to them as if they're champions. You start holding them accountable as if they're champions, and then you see how they respond. Because for a lot of people that you and I know in our life, they just need someone to believe in them. They need someone to see something in them that they themselves don't see. And what an incredible opportunity you have every single day to speak that kind of life into other people's eyes. To that coworker who's struggling just to manage everything, maybe a divorce, being a single parent, what power you have to encourage them and tell them what a king or a queen you see. How inspired you are by their work ethic and their commitment to just keep doing their best for their family and their future. What power you have to speak life into that person that's hurting. You have that power, that opportunity, and I hope today you take advantage of it. Be the leader who speaks life into others because you never know the day they really need that life spoken into them and what can happen when they start to believe what you say. Before we welcome Coach onto this week's episode, I want to remind you about the Morning Competitor Text Club 
All you got to do is text the word podcast to 972-945-9113. And every morning, you and I are going to get to start the day with a conversation, with a quote, with a message, so that we show up intentional, focused, and ready to compete every day. So if you want to start every morning more motivated, more focused, and more ready to compete, be sure to text the word podcast to 972-945-9113. To get in touch with me or the Compete Everyday team, shoot us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And now, I'm excited to welcome to the show, Coach Drew Maddox. Drew, welcome to the Compete Everyday podcast. Hey, Jake. How are you, man? I hope you're having a great day. Man, I I am. And even better now that we get to have this competition or this conversation, I should say, about competition and life and and some of the really cool things that you've done over the years as a coach and and just as a leader. Um, Before we dive into some of that, some of our listeners know who you are, but a handful don't. Give us a quick snapshot of who you are right now. Yeah, well, first of all, let me just say this is an honor to be with you today and such a fan of your work. And oh, by the way, I think you have the coolest title of anybody I know, CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer. I can't imagine anything better then that being your title and purpose every day. So, so Thank cool. You. Thank you for having me today. Um, yeah, my name is Drew Maddox. I grew up, uh, grew up here in Nashville and I still reside in Nashville. Um, husband to Tara for 23 years, dad of five children, three daughters and two sons. Um, I am a coach. I love being a coach. I wake up every day and I get to walk into the destiny of what a coach is allowed to do, which is basically to be an ambassador of hope for everybody that I connect with every single day. I want every ounce of my being to be leveraged for the betterment and the goodness of everybody I connect with. And so, yeah, I coach basketball, but I hope it's um, more than that because I don't want to be just remembered for what I do in terms of coaching between the lines. Ultimately, I want to be remembered for what I give to everybody I connect with every day. I love it. I love it. So one of the things I want to ask us specifically about that intro that I always enjoy when I hear, and I'm always curious if it's always been that way. You introduced yourself first as husband, father, talked about what you do off the court, who you are, before we got into the fact that you're a coach. And you don't always hear that. So I'm curious, has, have you always had that perspective that life off the court is more important than life on the court? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think it goes back deep in my story where, you know, just like a lot of people, maybe you can connect with this, Jake, where uh, my performance drove so much of how I viewed myself. And I love competition. Don't get me wrong. I, like if we're going to compete at anything, you're going to get my very best. I'm going to I'm going to throw punches. I'm going to scratch and claw to try to beat you in every way that I possibly can. But that being said, when the performance is over, if we lost or I failed or I struggled or dealt with adversity, it really uh, presented a poor view of myself and how I felt like others viewed my, me as a person and as a human being. And ultimately when I got into coaching, I thought, man, I wanna shift that paradigm and coach the human beings first and the players second. And so every day when I walk into that locker room or when I walk into the gym, it's more about building the kids eulogy rather than their resume. It's more about the purpose versus the goal. It's more about fulfillment than it is achievement. And I could go on and on and on, but it's so much more important to serve the person uh, that is in front of me and who they're becoming more so than just them as, as a student athlete. I love that. I love that. Well, one of the things that speaks very heavily to that 
is the process. And as a coach, we can easily be attached to the wins and losses. And, and as individuals in life, we get very consumed with the results, but fail to understand it's the actual process and who we become in that process that's so important. Right. How do y'all teach and, and have built, obviously, an amazing culture there that focuses on how we do the best in the process, letting the results take care of themselves? Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what, in essence, we're trying to do. Um, we, we built the program and our culture on the parable of the talents. Um, and I'm going to get biblical for a second. Okay. But uh, the, the parable of the talents, if you know that story or that parable in the Bible, um, whether you know the master gave five uh, talents or two or one, you, we were all given something. We all have some sort of a strength that needs to be leveraged in a healthy relationship in a trust-filled environment for the betterment of everybody that I'm connected in that experience with. And so all we're trying to do is call that out of each individual that we're trying to serve and just pour kerosene with encouragement, with hope, with love, in a safe and secure environment that they can go pursue with everything that they have, whatever they've been given, um, what, what their calling is and what their destiny is. And it is actually a requirement um, for them to utilize everything that they have for the betterment of the world and specifically for the betterment of their teammates. I love it. So let me ask you along those lines, because in a sports setting, you assume everybody that joins the team and signs up is competitive, yeah. but that's not always the case. Right. And, but we need a little bit of that competition, obviously friendly internal to push us. How do we sometimes get the best out of and, and, and convince more than anything else, I would say, or motivate those kids that aren't quite as competitive to really, I guess, owe it to themselves to give their best. And, and the reason I, I set that up is because there's adults and there's managers and there's leaders yeah. listening that are asking the same questions about their corporate teams. And there's a lot of similarities between sports and life. And so I'm, I'm curious how y'all do it uh, in terms of sparking conversation for our listeners in that realm. Yeah. So, you know, as a coach and as a leader, um, you know, in terms of culture, culture is what you create and what you allow. Um, and so I, I think culture also starts with healthy relationships and it starts with trust. And once those healthy relationships and that trust is, is laid solidly as a foundation, therefore you can allow, um, you know, the higher ceiling in terms of standards and expectations that you're trying to bring them up from that healthy foundation. And so we define culture as, uh, you know, a place where we all belong, um, what, where it is what we believe, and it's how we behave. And we're going to constantly remind them and reinforce those things through asking a lot of questions, um, through determining exactly what they feel their calling is and what their contribution can be. I think calling and contribution are very key as it relates to human performance. And then thirdly, we're going to hold them accountable. And we're going to make sure that there is a clear understanding that accountability is directly correlated with love, not having an agenda and wanting what is best for them as a human being. I love that. And then how do you, with that accountability, like every successful culture, you can hold your players accountable, but ideally you have players holding each other accountable. How do y'all groom, I guess, those juniors and seniors or those leaders at any age to be able to hold their teammates accountable by investing in each other? Yeah, and so we do it through storytelling. So what we what we basically do is we flip our locker room into a manhood classroom. And what 
was once a place that was not a safe environment, or maybe not a safe environment for a lot of different people, the locker room where, you know, the upperclassmen could pick on the look, the, the, the younger kids, yep. or maybe the kid that's a five-star, the Mr. Basketball, the all-star, you know, just deemed by society as more important. He all of a sudden walks and carries himself in a different way and is therefore given permission to uh, pick on other kids that don't perform at that level. And so what we're trying to do is, through storytelling, uh, we're trying to tear down those walls uh, where it's a safe environment for everybody. And so one of the things that we do is um, everybody tells their story. And I would encourage any leader, any manager, anybody that's walking into a small business um, to set up a safe environment for their, their coworkers uh, through storytelling, through the individual storytelling of each individual person. Because if you wanna hook into the performance and you wanna hook into their mindset, it's ultimately gonna be penetrated through their heart. And so how do you connect heart? You do it through storytelling and getting to know each other in a safe field environment. I love that. And that also ties dramatically into just being vulnerable as that leader and building that connection. Because for a lot of us, we put up these fronts and these brick walls and we don't want anybody to get close to us in case they hurt us. But at the same time, by doing so, it prevents us from being able to connect with other people and teammates. Uh, flash back with me to when you first got this job and you yeah. first got this opportunity and you were having to build a culture in your vision. Was that an overwhelming feeling? Were you, you know, obviously nervous about the opportunity? Cause I know it was a really cool opportunity for you, but take me back to the beginning of, of how you thought you would build it because building a culture is a long-term process that we don't get that immediate fix, but there's things we can do from the get-go to start laying groundwork. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, it was not daunting to me. I think it comes naturally to me just because I played for coaches and were around business leaders prior to this experience uh, that did a great job of really affording the opportunity to make mistakes, to struggle with failure, to take a risk um, and, and allow that to occur. And so back to what you said, uh, I, I think it's casting a vision, first of all, but then making sure day by day as you're wrestling for those cultural norms um, that you don't let anything go. And so even down to this is how we tuck in our shirt. This is the way we tie our shoes. This is how you put on your socks. This is what's expected when you come in to the gym. I mean, I was that detailed because I felt like every one of those details uh, with compound interest stacked on each other was ultimately speaking to the larger vision that I had for 10, 15, 20 years down the road. I saw the opportunity, even though they didn't see it yet, um, as a championship environment, as a championship culture. And so we began to speak that with language and we started to use wording around that, even though that might as well have been, Jake, like going to the moon to these kids. They hadn't had success, but we went ahead and treated them and talked to them like they were champions because we did have that 10-year vision, but we held them accountable day by day. We didn't let anything go. I didn't turn my head. I didn't allow it to happen if it wasn't in direct alignment with what that cultural vision was. And, and the thing that you just said right there that I can't help but think of is, is how cool and how empowering the ability to speak life into people. And when you start treating people as if they're champions, they start to respond that way. Right. And I think as society, we tend to overlook that, like the power of an encouraging word. We we're talking about that, of being able to encourage others of what speaking life and speaking those words of here's, you may not see yourself this way, but here's how I see your potential in others. How do you tend to do that with your staff as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I empower them. 
Um, if you came into my gym or you came into our coach's office, what you would see is a bunch of co-coaches that are locked in this together. It's a unifying force of coaches. Yeah, I happen to be the programmatic leader, but I don't view myself as the head coach. I view all of our coaches as the um, as guys that are masters with great understanding, with great information and wisdom that needs to be downloaded into our culture and ultimately into our players. And so I give them segments of practice that they are the CEOs of, that they own every single day. And I rotate that through our coaches. So our players, one, hear their voice and they know that their voice matters. But two, I want our coaches to grow in their skill development as well. And so I hope that they have a vision to be a head coach one day. And so we're grooming them and treating them and giving them opportunities with freedom uh, to operate like a head coach every single day. Where did that desire or I would say love to invest in those coaches for their own? And the reason I ask is even in athletic programs and especially in corporate America, people are scared to invest in the people that work alongside them in case they leave. And we know with coaching, you have to leave almost everywhere you're at to go and move up through the college ranks. And, and you just said there, you intentionally give them opportunities to own the roles and own positions and, and build their skill set, knowing it's setting them up to leave for a future opportunity that's better for them. Have you always had that mentality or where did you learn the importance of really investing in your team, even if that means them leaving you? Yeah, I, I think it's you've got to have the vision of open handedness. And what I mean by that is if we're truly going to go out and change the world, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be uh, guys that are game changers in every environment we enter into. If we're going to have exponential growth and impact and ultimately be able to go change the world, I can't do it all by myself. I got to train the guys that are going to go on and do that. Jesus had 12. Remember, he took 12 guys and those 12 guys were going to go change the world. So for three years, he woke up every single day and said, these are the 12 I'm investing in. And those are going to be the guys that are going to go impact and change the world forever. And so that's what I try to do. I try to ultimately just wake up every day, serve those guys, give them free opportunities, uh, just like I would give our players. And I think it, first of all, starts with the vision for their life. You know, and, 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 and sitting down and asking them and making sure that everything that I'm doing every single day correlates with the vision that they have for themselves as well. I love it. I love it. So last thing before we kind of wrap up today, you yourself are an author. Your book came out this past year in, in January of 2020, right before the world went crazy, I would say. <laughs> uh, talk to me about the passion to write Elevated and a little bit about it for our listeners. Yeah, so Elevated was written, like you said, pre, pre-COVID. And uh, basically what we did, I, I've spent my entire life, Jake, studying what makes great people great. You know, great CEOs, musicians, creators, athletes, coaches, any leader in any walk of life. And my co-author, Virgil Herring, who's brilliant, by the way, we sat down and just started to whiteboard. What were those traits? What did they share in common? And we came up basically with 50 words that we believe the greats all shared. And we just started with how did they elevate everybody around them? How did they elevate their mindset? How did they elevate the world? How did they elevate their culture? And we just started to write for 50 straight days around each one of those words and how all of that tied together to elevate the performance of anybody they encountered. And people started to resonate with it. You know, it was just simple storytelling of our own personal story or anything that we had studied. And we just wanted it to be an encouragement to, to anybody that read those pages. 
And so the interesting thing is that book came out. Our second book, the follow-up is called Excavated and it will hit uh, this, June, uh, this summer. But coming through the COVID experience, how do you deal with struggle? How do you deal with uncertainty? And how do you dig deeper ultimately to go further in life? And so during this COVID, we, we wrote about 50 words that have a negative connotation, but how that can be spun with a positive mindset for even something beyond what you even thought was possible. I love it, man. And I am uh, one, I would say envious that you're already through the the second book process. I'm in the midst of it now. And as you know, the whole writing process is uh, it's like summer workouts when the game is about eight months away and you're running sprints on the basketball court until you want to puke. That's about like writing a book. Uh, so awesome. Congrats to you on that. Uh, best place to pick up both copies. Would that be your website or Amazon? Yeah, you can go to coachdrewmatics.com or Amazon obviously is, is all things fulfillment, but, uh, check us out on our podcast. Like you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Virgil and I do a, a different word. We do a deeper dive into the word each and every week on Wednesdays, those drop. So we would love to have any of your listeners, anybody viewing yeah. this certainly jump in the elevated world with us as we want to equally learn from our listeners and those that read our book as we could share with them. Yeah, and, and I'll echo that for any of our listeners. That was how I ultimately discovered you, Coach, is, is through that podcast and really an episode on competition and started diving in further to a lot of your work, which is what made me want to connect with you for today's show. So for all of our listeners, it's a fantastic conversation. They dive into a lot of the concepts, like you said, from the book. Uh, so it's a great excuse to pick up not only Elevated, but Excavated that's about to come out uh, and then jump into the podcast. Coach, last question for the day. You are, yeah. man, you're a guy full of energy and full of life. Uh, you seem to have a very optimistic outlook on people in general and just how you show up and do your work. Have you always had this or was there a moment that things started to change in terms of how you started seeing, I would say, your opportunity and platform here in life? Yeah, yeah I think a couple of things. No, I was not always the way that I am. I think uh, marriage, you know, being in a partnership with my wife, understanding what unconditional love being given and received and what that meant and how that started to change me. But then uh, my children, I mean, just what I learned through parenting, um, it's not about me, it's about everybody else. And what can I do to set the table for them to walk in the destiny that they have before them? That energizes me every day. So we took that model and we just went out and said, we're going to attack the world in any opportunity God gives us. And so, yeah, I wake up every day and regardless of what happened yesterday, we have a new opportunity today to go love people, places and things to life. And I take that very seriously. And I'm very optimistic that any conversation, interaction or encounter you have every day could change somebody else's life. Love it. Love it, coach. We are a very shared kindred and a lot of that thought and a lot of that attitude. So I appreciate you making time today for this conversation and especially just making time for our community to, to share a little bit more about your outlook and ways you build your culture. Is the best place to connect with you is your website. And then as well, where are you on social media? Yeah, so Twitter, Dramatics, Instagram, Dramatics45. I know we, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, but you listeners, y'all may like some of the trick shots that you may find on those videos that, uh, that you could find on those social media platforms. We will be linking to all of it. Listeners, give him a follow, head over and check out his podcast. And most of all, make sure you pick up a copy of Elevated on Amazon and pre-order Excavated that you said is due out in June, right? Yes, coming out in June. We're almost awesome. finishing all, it up, packaging all, it up. Love it. Love it. Almost to the finish line. Coach, Drew, thank you incredibly for coming on the show this week.
honored to do so, Jake. Best blessings in all that you do. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To listen to past episodes, be sure to check out podcast.competeveryday.com. And to get in touch with the show, email us at podcast at competeveryday.com. Everybody wants to win, but not everybody's willing to compete for that victory. Since you're one who will, show up today and win. We're cheering for you.